0: Hi, this is april maza
1: and this is christy showman fair and this podcast is overdue
0: we're friends and colleagues librarians librarians and each episode we talk about books we're reading things we're loving and library advice we're giving hello lovely listeners as you may know we are now running this podcast is overdue independently What you might not know is that hosting, editing, producing and publicizing a podcast does not come without some costs and some potential costs we'd like to make in the future. So we've set up Patreon and Ko-Fi or coffee (laughs) accounts so you can support us if you're able. No pressure. We love you no matter what.
1: You can check out our Patreon page for different membership levels starting at just one dollar a month or use ko fi coffee to make a one-time three dollar donation to our coffee fund and you know we love our coffee and we couldn't make the podcast without it or you find both pages on our website podpage.com slash this podcast is overdue which is this dash podcast dash is dash overdue thank you thank you thank you
0: Hi, Christy. Hi, April. Hey, today is a special day. It is. Yeah, it's our podcast birthday. <gasps> oh, yay! And we're here in person together. Woohoo! Yay.
1: And we had cake. We did. We did yeah. have cake. I posted a picture of it on Instagram. Nice. It was delectable. It was really good.
0: Thanks for bringing birthday cake for our podcast. i will put a plug for anybody
1: who's in Massachusetts, especially on the North Shore. It was from Dorsey's um, Italian Bakery in Peabody, Massachusetts. Yeah,
0: very good. And a great way to start the day. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's great. Cake for
1: breakfast.
0: Um, So I'm going to start this morning with, uh, I think it's still morning, with the book that I want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Um, And this is, uh, I, I think one of the first audiobooks I've talked about on the show. I know you've talked about oh, a few. possibly. But yeah. I listened to Obviously by Akilah Hughes. Did
1: she <laughs> narrate it? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. why I picked it.
0: So I know of Akilah Hughes from when she co-hosted um, the news podcast, What a Day, which you introduced me to. I love it. And it's like, it was just such a saving grace, especially in the past few years. Um, I love the vibe of the show, but she left the show as yeah. co-host and I seriously cried when no. I heard the news. I was like, I just love her so much. And, um, that was hard for me. And I, it really hasn't been the same since. So when I saw that she had a book, um, about her own life and she narrated it, I needed to listen to it right away. And it's sort of like a collection of essays. So it's a memoir, but it's not like in chronological mm-hmm. order. It's more on different topics, and so she talks about like racism and growing up in the South, but also like friendships and just like personal issues. I didn't know she had like a bunch of health issues that she went through, um, but also her comedy career, which I really yeah. didn't know anything about. I thought of her purely as a journalist from because yeah. it was a news podcast. Um, but she's she's very funny and um, and. A lot of the essays or just the way she um, sort of presents them is, is really funny. Um, so, yeah, I just like totally recommend it. Um, it's, you know, like I said, like kind of a combination of things. So it's like I wouldn't say like, oh, you have to be a fan of her or mm-hmm. that particular podcast to listen. If you already are, then you'll definitely want to, I think. Um, but yeah, I just learned so much more about her um, that I didn't know. Um, you know that she is a comedy writer and does, had done a lot of acting. Um, but I just like enjoyed listening to her stories, her life experiences, and um, and I think like we've talked about this before. She Akila Hughes is a woman of color. And so, of course, there's some things, like, I'm not going to know about it all and relate to. So it's really important, actually, to hear about them right. through her, her eyes. Um, but then there's just stuff that's universal, um, just about growing up and starting your career or just, like, life stuff in general. And, yeah, I just thought it was, like, really... Fun and refreshing And it was like Visiting an old friend That I didn't get to hear from yeah, <laughs> For a while I bet. Yeah no, Now
1: did this come out After she left
0: What a day well, Or was she I,
1: working on it At the same time
0: I'm not sure And I, that's one thing That I was a little bit like Oh I wanted to know More about her path To that Yeah Particular um, Part of her career So that actually never Came up in the book Like how she got that job So she talked about more Like her early career And mm-hmm different jobs she got out of college so and I don't know why that didn't come up but at the time she was leaving the show um I want to say it was like a really difficult time for everyone but like right now is really difficult too like if you think about the news you know and just like there was so much with um you know racial issues with police brutality and killings and you knew it affected yeah, her because she every would, day, yeah, every day would, it
1: was like, Oh, here's another yeah. story. It
0: was, and it made me realize like, not that I didn't think that journalists are, are not real people, but I think we're really used to them trying to be,
1: I don't want to say neutral. No, they no, of, they shelve their personality yeah. because <clears throat> their job is to just share right. the news. But on what a day, like she had the, the ability to share some of that right. too.
0: And, and it, Made me respect her and other news um, professionals who do do that because they are people. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. I do too, you. I'm trying to be serious here. I'm so Folks, sorry. Folks, see what I have to deal with? <laughs> um, I'm a child. But just that, like, how can you report on the news, especially stuff that's so horrible and affects you personally and not and not share that. Right. You know, I don't I don't know how people do that. So it was kind of... I think that's what made me feel connected to her in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know when she left the show that... Like, I wasn't even that surprised. I was sad because I like her so much. But I also was like, this must be really hard on her emotionally. Right. And so many people who do that work. Um, and so I get it. And maybe... <laughs> You know, maybe she didn't want to talk about it in the book. I don't don't really know. I'm just guessing. So if you listen to (laughs) Um, But I also was curious about, like, what led her to that because I don't think of it as a comedy news podcast, although sometimes it does make me laugh, but that's not sort of how I envisioned it. So I was curious, like, how her comedy career led her to um, hosting the show. So maybe I'll have to dig around on my own, but...
1: But yeah, well, maybe totally she'll have a follow-up book. book. Yeah,
0: I mean, you know, she's if, there, young. if enough
1: people, if enough people <laughs> yeah. check it out That's and right. listen to it, then <laughs> yeah, feel like I there's love, demand for more.
0: I would love to hear more from her, and I would love to see yeah what's next for her because I do think she's really talented.
1: She is so talented, and and not just on you know her writing and her presentation, but uh, I follow her on Instagram. She's got an amazing style too. Yeah,
0: yeah, I follow her on Instagram yeah.
1: too. I like constantly envious <laughs> what book are you talking about so today? this time i read a book as an e-book different format <laughs> for me um i read when women were dragons by kelly barnhill oh yay yes and it actually <laughs> comes out on may 3rd and i owe a huge debt of gratitude to uh, my co-worker christy chadwick because it was um it was in her email signature that she had just read it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't pay attention at all to the email body, like what was in the email. I just <laughs> wrote back and was like, how do I get that book? I need that book now. Because I had been I had been reading um, The Girl Who Drank the Moon, which April- Special
0: to me. <laughs> yes, was
1: on the Newbery um, Committee for that book. But I've been reading that out loud to my son. And I realized, again, I mean, I already knew it, but I um, re-realized- how much I love Kelly Barnhill's writing. Mm-hmm. Um, her like metaphors and the, the, the sentences that she creates are these things I'd never think of. And they're so beautiful and, and so evocative and just like super creative and thinking about like describing things in a way I never would expect. And so uh, this is uh, when, when Women Were Dragons is her first book for adults that is mm-hmm. a novel. She has a book of short stories um, that I really loved um which i'm blanking on the title of it's like it's dangerous Me young too. ladies yeah um, like that. or some yeah something in that <laughs> realm i'll correct that somewhere else but um which i also i loved the um, their short stories really really good but um this is her first novel and it um is set in the 50s and 60s and it is like i guess you could say it's science fiction but really it's a um it's a feminist. F- uh, f- Uh, Speculative fiction story, and it centers around this incident in 1955 when over 600,000 women spontaneously become dragons (laughs) and fly away. (laughs) Oh my gosh! That sounds amazing. (laughs) In their path, take out their husbands or other difficult (laughs) men in their lives. And um, the main character of the story is Alex Green, and she was a child when this happened. And her aunt was one of the women who dragoned yeah. and nobody talked about it. Hmm. It was, it was a secret in her family. It was this, this, big secret. And she grew up in this, like in this kind of secluded, not, not secluded, but just like repressed mm. life. And, um, you know, I, I think that there are so many parts of today's society that Barnhill is commenting mm. on, but she does it. And it's just really fascinating, amazing way because it feels like historical fiction in that um there are uh chapter you know they're talking about real life events too Mm -hmm. in it and there are chapters that pull from a pamphlet that's written by a scientist who studies dragons and apparently this had been happening throughout history that women would spontaneously become dragons but this was the first time that it like happened in mass and really impacted the country and the world and um Alex, uh, as a character, is just this really strong girl, but she questions a lot, and she's super smart. And in a time when girls are not encouraged yeah. to go to college or to to do anything beyond becoming mothers, and oh, she really twenty
0: twenty two,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, but she, she has support in the form of a librarian who is just this amazing character cool. and I like love it. But so I don't want to give too much away uh, about it because it just, it, you just need to know that, you know, women spontaneously become dragons, <laughs> but, um, I really like this quote from the publisher, um, that they used in their description. It says, um, when, when women were dragons exposes a world that wants to keep women small, their lives and their prospects and examines what happens when they rise up in mass and take up the space they deserve. Oh, cool. So it is, you know, a big metaphor for Mm -hmm. uh, being a woman in today's society, but it is so well done and lovely to read. I read it while I was traveling, and I didn't want to stop.
0: You know, I would (laughs) sit in the corner
1: and and read on my tablet. Well, Um, I
0: love the idea of, like, combining historical fiction with speculative fiction because I don't think I've read many books like that
1: there are occasionally there I feel like there are some um somebody on Goodreads called this um science fiction for people who think they don't like science fiction oh (laughs) and I think that's a good way of describing it you know it doesn't feel like science fiction traditional science fiction Mm -hmm. but women occasionally become dragons and that obviously is not happening in real life but um but the way the story is told and the characters don't feel like you know you're out in space yeah. or it doesn't feel right. like you know a, a epic fantasy that right. normally has dragons right. in it
0: well and maybe it's could be considered like a metaphor too like is, yeah dragoning like an allegory yes. <laughs> yeah it doesn't yeah and i love that too using dragon as a verb yes like they drag <laughs> they drag <dragoned. laughs> that's awesome yeah oh uh, well i will
1: definitely check that out because yes I do. I you love enjoy her, her so writing much. as well. Love yeah. her so much. And actually, I should say that to everybody and who's listening that we're sitting in April's office, and there is <laughs> a book cover for The Girl Who Drank the Moon that is signed by Kelly Barnhill. Yeah. It's up on the wall. Yeah,
0: it's like right behind you, so mm-hmm. it's kind of fitting. Yeah. Yeah, and I have
1: her new book, which I also in galley.
0: That's for kids. Yeah, and I'm blanking on the, the, the title, Ogras, but yes,
1: children's. Yeah. So, yeah,
0: it's right there. But if yeah. I go get it, I'll trip over the microphone. <laughs> I can see it happening in the future, but anyway, awesome! Thanks for uh, yeah, bringing that one up. thanks for cool. sharing
1: yours too. Thanks.
0: Um, what about what you've been learning? Oh uh, no, no, wait! Question. It's our question. our question. Yes. Um, do you want to pose the question?
1: Sure. So this comes from kind of years of of book recommending and kind of this. I don't know if it's a like a a controversy, not a controversy, but like a debate in Mm, in library and bookseller world. Do you only recommend books that you've personally read?
0: Heck no. Who has time for that? (laughs) Uh, That's my short answer. But I think, I think it's kind of funny because at first, when I first, you know, became a librarian and was in library school, I did think that was the proper thing to do. Like I would have to read a book you know, all the way through before I could go around telling people to check it out. But as I worked in a library, I quickly realized that that's not necessarily what people expect or want. Yeah. So it's totally would be okay to say, you know, I haven't read that. I'm honest about it. I'll say I haven't read that one, but my coworker did and she loved it or I haven't read it yet, but it's on my list, which to me means (laughs) a really good thing. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Or, you know, like it's gotten great reviews or it's really popular. So I feel like there's so many positive things that you can say to someone without having read it. Um, I also remember, and this is from a few years ago, but, um, and I'm not gonna remember her name, but there was a wonderful librarian who gave um, a presentation at one of our local conferences. It's, it was sort of like the five minute read or the speed yeah. read, you know, sort of reader's advisory. And my big takeaway from that, and I I still do it to this day, even though I'm not necessarily recommending a lot of books to people on a daily basis, is find the appeal factors. Mm-hmm. And and that really did change my mindset, too, from like, um, it doesn't really matter if I didn't like a book or not, you yeah. know, like... And I I try not to focus on that anyway. And I don't, that's my caveat. I don't steer people away from books. So I would never tell someone not to read a book, um, honestly, whether I've read it or not. Like, I'll just kind of, you know, if they're interested in it, I try to find the appeal factors um, for them. And then they can decide whether they want to read it or not. But I I definitely would not say like, oh, I wouldn't read that one because or I wouldn't pick that one because I heard this bad thing or that bad thing. Like, I feel like if I'm going to not recommend a book, then I should definitely have read it (laughs) all the way through. Um, But I just rarely do that in general because I kind of don't see the point of that. That's not my I want to say that's not my job, but it's not my (laughs) job. It's not necessarily my job um, as like a paying job. It's more like I think of it. As, that's not my role as a reader, a person, a librarian to like steer people away from books. It's the opposite. Mm-hmm. So I kind of always want to show the positive and the appeal even again, like if it's not something I've read or not something I would even want to read.
1: Um, yeah. What about you? So yeah, it's similar. I definitely have recommended books I haven't read and I... I was a little afraid of doing that at first because... Or I felt like I was cheating. Yes. Because I remember in library school, I had a professor. We were doing book talks as a um, as an assignment who said, oh, you can never book talk a book you haven't read. And I was like... I probably like, had the same professor. <laughs> you definitely did. And then I realized how... Unrealistic that Mm -hmm. is, and I can get excited and enthusiastic about a book even if I haven't read it because if I've Mm -hmm. read reviews or I know somebody about it or it's a book by an author that Mm -hmm. I love Mm -hmm. or it's a topic that I'm passionate about, it's a matter of finding that excitement and helping somebody um, be excited about it. Plus, also like I used to work the circulation desk, um, you know, where people check books out. Um, at the library and there were a lot of people who would come in asking about grown-up books and i aside right. from the book that i just talked about i don't <laughs> frequently read grown-up books and so i but they would ask for recommendations and mm-hmm. my job was to help them find books yes. to read and so that meant i would end up having to recommend titles or give them a list of titles of books that i hadn't read before but it was right. about what like you said find the appeal factor to so find the thing That meets their reading needs. So if they say, you know, I'm, I really am into cozy mysteries. And I'm like, well, I have a friend who loves them. And this is an author Mm -hmm. that she loves. And so I could make that recommendation that way. But I would always be honest and say, you know, I haven't read it, or that's not really the genre that I tend to read. But I'm happy to help you find Mm -hmm. some books that you like.
0: And I always would ask people to to like report back to me if they wanted yeah, to. Yeah. Um, and I did find kids really like doing that. Yes. <laughs> um, they like telling me whether they liked something or not. But that would also really help me too. It does. Um, and I do think it's real. Like maybe there was a time where you could like in the publishing <laughs> slash library world, you could indeed read every book. Gosh. That came into your library. I, it's hard for me to even like I don't imagine. That. Can, like
1: <laughs> average about three thousand children's <clears throat> books a year yeah, that are that's, published. That's impossible. That's wild. Um, ten so books a day. <laughs> how, yeah,
0: like no one has time to do that. I think your time is just better spent on things like you said, like knowing what friends or other colleagues mm-hmm. like in the genres maybe you're not as familiar with. Um, reading reviews, yep. <laughs> you know, yeah. like curating your collection, I think is more important than like actually reading every book in the collection yeah. to recommend. Because again, I don't think that's what people expect. Um, if I go into a bookstore and I want some help finding a book, I don't necessarily expect the person who have read it. Plus people's reading tastes are different. Yeah. Like, unless it's someone I know and i like, we share book titles a lot, like, mm-hmm. Again, that wouldn't necessarily matter to me, That
1: No, and that's where, know. like, things like the shelf talk- talkers, the little, like, cards mm, that say, this mm-hmm. person on staff yeah. likes the book. So you'd be like, well, I'm not April, but April said that she likes this yeah. book, and here's a little thing that yeah. she said about it. I do it. like shelf talkers.
0: Yeah. And they help me, like, pick out wine all the time. <laughs> so if it weren't for those, I don't know what, I would be going by the covers, you know? Just, like, oh, I totally by buy wine on label. the
1: labels. <laughs> yeah. But it, it
0: helps when there's a little sign that, yeah. you know, tells me how fruity it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad please. I'm not alone in my... I, I would be curious what our listeners think. Yeah, Because I'm glad to know I wasn't the only one going around recommending no, books I definitely <laughs> not.
1: And if you want to share, you can email us at thispodisoverdue at gmail.com. We would love to get your questions so we can include them in a future episode. Um, You can send them to us by email or you can um, send us a message on Instagram where this pod is overdue over there. Um, You can also go to our website, uh, which we mentioned at the top of the show. It's podpage.com slash this podcast is overdue. And you can send us messages there, too. That's right.
0: But definitely check out our Instagram because there's a picture of our cake on there. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And make you drool.
0: Yeah, it's delicious. We're just going to keep talking about that. Oh okay so I tried to skip ahead to learning. You did. And now we're going to do it but what's kind of funny about it is that both of us were kind of like, oh, I didn't really learn anything. It's so hard.
1: <laughs> I asked my family this morning, I'm like, "What have I learned?" What
0: they what did they say? Did they help you?
1: Oh, uh, Scott my husband, uh, Scott, he he was like, "Well, what about that presentation that you saw at the school committee meeting?" I was like, "No." <laughs> No, that was about records requests, and yes, it is relevant to you know things. But it, that, I'm not going to share. That's, gonna sh- that's not going to be the thing hilarious. I'm going to share. <laughs> that's so cute. But you did go to PLA. I did. Is that's any- what I was going to oh. use. So it's not a specific thing. Um, but I went to a conference. I went to the Public Library Association conference, which is um a related. It's an arm, a division of the American Library Association, and um, it's my first in-person thing. Mm-hmm since 2019. Or no, I take that back. 2020, early 2020 I went to um the uh, American Library Association's midwinter meeting mm-hmm. when I was on the cyber committee. It's um, like a million it, years it really ago. does. <laughs> but so this was the first in-person thing I went to and I went to as many sessions as I Possibly could and um, one of the things that I love about PLA is that they have a morning session that's everybody goes to. Yes, you know it's the first, it's like at eight in the morning. So for people on the West Coast, it was really hard. It was great for me because I'd been up for hours. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I've had coffee. I'm ready to sit down and uh, then get to sit and watch these amazing, listen to these amazing presenters talk. And so. Um, the One of the ones that really stood out and why I was super, super excited um, was the person who opened PLA, um, and that was Lovia J. Jones. Oh, yes. And so that's the book that I have with me. Before. Yes.
0: Oh, you're like me. You're
1: cheating. I'm not
0: cheating. You have two books.
1: Oh, I can do <laughs> ah, I am cheating. Um, so uh, Lovia, she's also known as um, Awesomely Lovely. She has a blog, and that's actually how she became famous. She started writing when she was, um, you know, as a side gig, not even a gig. She just did write, wrote for herself right. at yeah. first. Fair and blonde. she writes about pop culture and about social issues. And um, I've been following her uh, for a number of years. And actually, she's the one who I found got the recommendation for Abbott Elementary. Oh, right. Yes. We talked yes. about Abbott Elementary is my love. And so I was really, really excited that she was speaking. And I um, I was too enthralled to take notes. But one of the things that I took away was that, um, that it's really important to speak up. When you were in a room, if you are, you know, at the at a meeting and, and things are going sideways and you don't speak up, um, you're basically approving the sidewaysness right. of that. And that's not like the most eloquent way of explaining it. But um, her talk was um, partly around, uh, you know, how she got to where she is. And this book that I have um, is uh, one of her books. She's written more than one, but this is the most recent one um, called Professional Troublemaker, The Fear Fighter Manual. And she started off her talk asking how many people in the room were professional troublemakers. <laughs> and I kind of am. I have a big mouth. I speak up not 100% of the time right. that I want to, but I do. I um, think you do. And, and I yeah. get afraid, though, sometimes. I'm afraid of backlash or I'm afraid of, of rocking the boat. Um, sometimes I'm st- I push through that fear and I speak up. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing I kind of took from that that her talk and from her book is that I just need to do it more Right. and that if the consequences are so bad then maybe I don't need to be in that situation right. and so it really was empowering. I learned a lot just from that one session and um, I haven't read the book yet. Um, I just came for me from the library and I'm really excited about reading it um, because you know there are times when things are really tough, like right. like in the world today, and mm-hmm. I I'm running for town office in town right now, and it's gonna be mm-hmm. something where I have to speak up if I get the position, right. and so yeah, that's well, what I learned.
0: And uh, and as I said, like I think you you do do that, and we've both been called social justice warriors. Oh yeah, as, as, as if a, it's a right uh, as if it's uh, insulting. A bad thing. <laughs> yeah, um, but also. <laughs> you know, both of us I think have been in situations where we wanna say something and not so much that we're scared, but we're like, are we the right people right, yeah. to do that? And um and it I get that what she's saying, like if you don't what if everyone in the room thought that yes. and then no one And then does, no one says something. And
1: then we don't make any progress. Yeah. I really wanna read that too and yeah. add that to my list. The other one of the other things that she said that um that really struck a chord with me is that when somebody in the room does speak out against whatever is happening. And then after the meeting, another p- person comes up and says, thank you so much oh, for I hate spe- that saying something. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, that happens. Yes. And I think I've, I have been guilty of that before, especially when I worked in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. Um, and wasn't before I was like a leader yeah. in the corporate world. But, um, I, you know, I, I, it was just a reminder that that's not okay. Yeah. Really. That just means that you, yeah. the per- that, that you're not feeling, uh, I don't know. Like it just, don't, well, do, that. So. <laughs> yeah. don't that do that. Don't do that. Speak up or too, don't speak up. Yeah. You know, but don't. And there's
0: sort of two sides to that. Cause we also have had the experience of someone thanking us sort of on their behalf.
1: Yes. Um, that's, and I think that's, that's different. different. Yeah.
0: So like a person who was uh, not comfortable speaking up because they were part of the group being targeted. Yeah. And, they needed allies yes. and i think that's and that's really different than just Same. someone who i wanted to
1: say something but i didn't
0: yeah and i think again like yeah every situation is going to be different but if you find yourself in that boat join in that person cuz now you have power behind yeah. you you know you're not alone and now that person's not alone and maybe even other people will speak up and it's really the only way that change happens because if it's just one person, we've all been there. If it's yep. just one person, you're just seen as the complainer or the squeaky wheel. Exactly. Or the, Especially if you're the SJW. one who's <laughs> always something, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um. But, but with, yeah, there's, um, uh, what do I want to say? There's power with, with power numbers. And yeah, yeah. Numbers. Yeah. Thank you. Power to the people.
1: People. <laughs> Be a professional troublemaker. Oh, I love
0: that. I love that, um, that she was the keynote too. That's so like really great. cool. It makes me
1: feel like, yeah, good job, PLA. Yeah, because I, I didn't go. I wanted to go. So, what did you end up deciding that you had learned? <laughs>
0: oh, so boring compared to yours. But um, since we are here in my home and we're in the slash office slash guest room slash craft area. Um, To me, it's a bit of a mess because it's sort of always in progress. Okay, no. This place is the coziest, most amazing (laughs) thing
1: ever, and I want to live here. It's
0: cozy, but there's, like, kind of piles everywhere that just need to be dealt with and put away, and I feel like I'm just kind of constantly working on that, but when I don't feel like working on it, I watch YouTube videos of minimalism. (laughs) Um So, yeah, so I, I had like a few minimalism tips. And what's kind of funny though, it, I don't even know if it's funny anymore. It might be more like making me angry, but, um, and maybe it's just the algorithm, but like you start watching these videos and it's like all busy moms doing minimalism and it's sort of like not that i have anything against busy moms but i'm like how come there are no like dads no yeah dads or just like single people without kids (laughs) like we need minimalism too it's like shouldn't just be on moms to uh do this work so i find that intriguing but again it could be it could be watch one and then now you get all of that yeah um but the thing is i mean they do they have some great ideas and um i'll put links in our show notes um, for some of the channels I've yeah I, I I need it. it well, I just like part of Death it is piles. the <laughs> yes, I'm a piler. Um, it's like a also a compassionate thing because you, again you feel like you're not alone. Like this is a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, part of it is just our culture. Like there's just so much stuff. And oh, yeah. Even though like remember like when email we first had email and you thought like oh I'm never gonna have mail again and. Um, I'll never have all this paper. <laughs> and it's still like, every day there's mail. Every day there's well, paper.
1: And I, this, this is not just a theory, but one of the reasons I'm sure busy moms are like embracing minimalism is the amount of paper that comes home yeah. from school. Oh, yeah. I mean, I opened my eight-year-old's bag, and it's just like piles oh of paper gosh. every single day. And so I just instituted this process where it's new as of yesterday. But <laughs> I bought like an inbox, mm-hmm. and I put it on our sideboard. And now papers that we want to keep go there. That Keep or get fold, or get oh, filed okay. are going to yep. go there. And everything else is going into recycling right, right away. away.
0: Good Yeah, that's a good idea. Well, that was one of my, one of the takeaways was like, have the recycle area like right when you come in. So our our apartments look a little different because we have like, you come in through the first floor, but then you walk up the stairs. Same we're on the second here. floor. So I have to figure out like, where can I put a receptacle <laughs> right there? so that like because so many times I open up the mailbox and everything in it will go right into
1: recycle but i got to bring
0: it up the stairs we
1: have a bin it's like a little trash can because we have the same thing you open the door and it's a landing area and then stairs go up and so we have this table where our mail comes into Mm -hmm. the house and we have a table for the to catch it and then there's like a bin right there and I put yeah. recycling there. The only That's problem is do. that our dog now tries to eat the mail that <laughs> comes in, and sometimes he knocks good well, mail into the recycling oh, bin. I was
0: going to say, That's if he problem. could just eat the bad mail, That'd and then you wouldn't have to deal with it at all. That'd be awesome. <laughs> um, another thing that I'm really trying to like embrace, and this is hard for me, and I think it's hard for anyone, and I'm speaking to our audience, particularly here, that works in our field and does not make a lot of money, um, <laughs> that... You're never going to get that money back on the thing. So like, for instance, um, you know, you buy you buy some piece of clothing and you never wear it and you don't want to get rid of it because you spent, let's say, you know, a couple hundred dollars on it or something. Yeah. Or it could be a kitchen appliance or any number of things that you're sort of like, oh, well, I spent money on it, so I don't want to get rid of it. Um, But you're never going to get that money back. I mean, you could try to sell it, but you're never really going to get 100%. Yeah. It's not going to, by keeping it in your closet or in your kitchen, money is not magically going to appear back into your bank account. And, like, yeah, one of the um, channels I watched, like, the way she just put that, like, it's not coming back to your bank account. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, a little light bulb went off. Um, and so if it, it's just causing you, like, distress, mm-hmm. um, if it's taking up space or collecting dust, whatever. And with clothes, I love this. I, I saw this one just the other day. Um, Imagine going into your closet and closing your eyes and pulling something out and wearing it and leaving the house. And, like, if you wouldn't be willing to do that, get rid of that piece of clothing. And I was like, that oh, my is, gosh, that will be, like, so great. much in my closet. But it makes sense, right? Yeah. And I do get, like, some, because there are some things, like, well, I wouldn't wear this out of the house, but I need it for when I clean with bleach because (laughs) I'm getting bleach all over all my clothing. Um, So I have a special shirt and a special pair of pants. Um, But yeah, with the exception of like stuff like that, you know, like, but yeah, for the most part, there are things that just, yeah, out of date or don't fit. Oh, and that's the other thing, like, where I think the compassion comes in. And maybe that's another reason why a lot of times they are moms, because it's sort of like you know mom's mother (laughs) and they have compassion about issues like you know if this doesn't fit anymore um for whatever you know could be too small too big doesn't matter it doesn't fit and it doesn't make you feel good um and that like thinking oh but i might fit into it another time that just causes you stress it does
1: and it puts so much pressure Mm -hmm. on you too so then every time you see it in the closet you feel bad about yourself
0: And as one of the um, women pointed out, it's not a motivator. Like, having, you have other motivations if you're trying to like change your body. There are different motivations, but having a particular size in your closet, that doesn't work. (laughs) So it's not, it doesn't help you even with that if that's what you think. So I was like, oh, that's refreshing. Like, I can, um, kind of let go of that. And then the other thing I wanted to mention was just like sentimental stuff. Um, and I have to say I'm not that sentimental so I feel like I do pretty good with that. Like I don't hang on to a lot of things just because like someone gave it to me yeah. or um, you know it's like if it's a card and it just has the person's name in it. Yeah, that's no. not something I'm going to save. But if it's a heartfelt letter that would be different. But the takeaway I have... Um, it's more, it's more about the story and the memory mm-hmm. as opposed to the thing. So I do think it's so, all even cause he's nearby. I'm going to whisper. Yeah. <laughs> so my husband, Brian is kind of sentimental and he has some like family items, but they're not useful. Yeah. Um, they're not delightful. <laughs> they're not really that they don't functional. Start, really. Yeah. Um, but they do mean something to him. You know, they're family items. Um, You know, so the goal around that is to, like, let's think about the story. Is there a way to record the story or the memory or honor the person? Because that part's not going to go away. So, like, you don't have the item anymore, but that doesn't mean you don't have the memory or that feeling of that person. Um, And I actually have, so only things I do have that, like, are kind of antique furniture from my mom's mom. But they're in our attic. And they've mm-hmm. never been a part of our house because they never really fit in. And it really had me thinking about that. Like, I've been saving them because they're the only things I have from her side of the family. Yeah. But they're not really... Like, they weren't cherished when I was growing up. They're just, like, they're
1: just that tie. They're just things. Yeah.
0: And they're not about... um, Yeah, even, like, particular person or anything. It's just... So... That was really big for me, like, because again, I'm not usually sentimental, but it made me think about the few things that we do keep that really aren't serving us.
1: That's good. I was just thinking that, like, you could take photos of them and Mm -hmm. put them into a a photo album or something and have those stories. My challenge is less the sentimental stuff, because I'm the same, like, there are certain things I want to keep, but for the most part, I'm like, get rid of things easily, but the are the things that I know other people could find useful, Mm -hmm. and I want to get them into the hands of other people. And so I use the, like, our Towns Buy Nothing page on Facebook a lot, but it's time. Mm -hmm. It's really a lot of time and effort. Actually, while I've been here, I have gotten texts because I took pictures of all these books yesterday Mm -hmm. and posted them in a book exchange group and people were coming to pick them up, but I had to like put them in, find right. a plastic bag to put them in and put their name on it and put them outside at the right time for the right person. And, and I don't always have the energy to right. do that, but I want to. And yes. so when I don't have the energy to do that, I just keep all the stuff.
0: Yeah, no, it's true. Um, that bin, beh- well, two bins behind you <laughs> that I covered with a cloth. That's my other secret. looks exactly. like a piece of furniture, um, are things to try to sell oh yeah but that takes a lot of time it too, is. and yeah I love buy nothing I've given away so many things but you're right it it does take time as opposed to like just dropping just, it all off at a yeah, donation exactly. place right like that would definitely be the easiest well the easiest is throwing it away and that's another thing like we really don't want to do that yeah, like, we really want to try hard to either donate it have it go to someone specifically who wants it needs it Sell it like all those things because we don't want to obviously fill up the landfill. But every once in a while, there are just things like I've been going through these old photos and digitizing them, and you can't recycle them. Yeah, you can't recycle the paper. No one wants them. You know, <laughs> like I don't even know who some of these people are. That's why I'm getting rid of them. Sometimes that's like the last ditch effort. But one of the best pieces of advice my therapist ever gave me was because my mom always wanted to give us stuff from her apartment mm-hmm. that you know, it'd be like a broken clock. <laughs> I mean, just stuff like we did not want, she didn't want, but she had a problem with getting, getting rid of things. And my therapist was like, is there trash nearby? Like walk up, take it, walk out the door and put it in the trash. And, you know, again, like a lot of times I would just bring it to be donated, yeah. but there were times like the broken clock that it was like, all right, I'm just going to put it in the trash. Cause it, it's too, sometimes you just don't have the energy. Right. Um, to kind of deal with all the things. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, just trying to learn more it's not even so much like tips, they're more about thinking differently about things. So like, yeah, the money's already gone. Um, <laughs> you know, the like keeping clothes that don't fit you doesn't motivate you and sentimental things now are I'm gonna go just home things and just empty
1: out my closet. <laughs> And then you'll have nothing to wear. That's the other <laughs> problem okay. with that. I'll just wear yeah. this shirt every I day. I like that shirt. I love this shirt. So, April, what are you loving? I love,
0: um, well, I love sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> I totally did not expect that. <laughs> yeah, that's all. How about you? No, just getting off oh, sleeping. I do love sleeping. But the problem is usually like when you love something, you don't get enough of it. Um, and so I, I fall asleep usually okay, um, but I do have a problem sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night. Usually actually it's more like four in the morning and I have trouble going back to sleep. Um, and whatever the issue is, like when I can't go back to sleep, it's usually involves sort of racing thoughts and they don't even have to be necessarily negative thoughts. It's just one spiral <laughs> leads yeah. to another, and I can't relax enough to sleep. Um, and a while ago, I discovered sleep stories, uh, specifically through the Calm app. And they do have some free ones. And for a while, I paid for it uh, to get different variety mm-hmm. of narrators. And basically, what a sleep story is it's a really boring story <laughs> read by <laughs> someone with a very soothing voice. <laughs> Um, like one of the first ones I listened to was about lavender <laughs> and how it grows and all of this. Um, so for me, they really help because the story part it's like you're listening, but you don't really care if you fall asleep and you don't hear this the whole thing, as opposed to like a, listening to a, an audiobook, yeah, exactly, yeah. an audiobook or a podcast. Um, so like the lavender one, I have no idea what it's. Like, what they actually say in it, or, like, what the end of the story is. Um, but anyway, so... <laughs> what if it ended
1: with, a like, and that's why lavender is poisonous? I know, right? Like, I wouldn't know. you're missing it. I'd still be eating
0: it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do have two in particular that are podcasts. So, like, like I mentioned, Calm... You, there's a few that are free, but then you can pay, and I decided I didn't want to subscribe um, to the whole thing. The other nice thing about Calm is like they have meditation and other Mm -hmm. things but I wasn't really using that. I was strictly the sleep stories. One of my favorite narrators that was on Calm is Eric Bra, um, Eric with a K and Bra B-R-A-A and he looks like a Viking. Like he's got this huge red beard and oh my god. I will try to play a clip because I think I can play like a little bit and not get in trouble with copyright but there's just something about his voice that I love so much. I find it very soothing, and he has a podcast called The Sleepy Time Broadcast. B R A A C A S T, and he reads, but you know, it's stuff from public domain. So, um, there's Moby Dick. There's um, last night I was listening to Ozma from Oz. Again, <gasps> That's I have no, terrifying. I have no idea that it is <laughs> because. I fall asleep pretty quickly. Um, He does one on Norse mythology. And actually, that's one of my favorites. So within, like, I can get really granular. So, like, within, I have the narrator I like. Then I have the episode I like. Um, But I really recommend him. And then also boring books for bedtime. Um, And again, getting really specific. So she, she reads all sorts of stuff. But my favorite is the Sears catalog from 1897, the book and stationery department. And I am not kidding you, like, that put me to sleep like nothing else. I find it also fascinating because, oh my God, the whole, like, I'm telling you, just listen to it. Listen to it when you're not trying to sleep. I mean, I'd be curious. But not while how far driving. You Don't do it while driving, for sure. Or operating any heavy machinery. <laughs> but just here, I actually need librarian help on this, because I've Googled it and I didn't get very far. But I I want to see, like, there must be digital. She read it, so there must be digital copies oh, so of this. so you see what it looks I wanna like. I want to see what it looks like, because part of the whole book thing that's so interesting to me, is was like, they talk about, like, you send in your money with your order. And if you don't send enough for shipping, they'll bill you. And if you send too much, <laughs> they'll reimburse you. And I'm like, what is this amazing business? <laughs> like this, like, I did not understand that at all. I'm like, it's it's very intriguing to me how they even did any of this. And then the books kind of crack me up. Because you just know, I mean, it's 1897 in America, you just know they're all like, these wackadoo white dudes, like how to, how to be a business salesman. And, like, just, I don't know, they just sound completely bad. And, like, you know, they're going to be like terribly racist and misogynistic, all these books. But the way this narrator <laughs> reads the catalog um, is very soothing to me. And I fall asleep every time. I've never even gotten to the stationary part, just the books. Um, so, that's just kind of my tip too. I love them they've saved me i mean almost every night i need to listen to some sort of sleep story and those are my favorites but i have tried others i like searched online for the best ones when i didn't want to subscribe to calm anymore and i've tried out a few and like
1: some readers i just like yeah, it would be like no, the most popular not, one and i was like uh uh-uh. uh definitely <laughs> the the voice makes a big difference cuz i've listened to yeah. Um, I have Insight Timer, uh, the app. Oh, yeah, for, I have that app And me. they have some sleep story ones that I've listened to. And some I'm like, I lay there for 15 minutes and I'm like, nope, this is not working. Oh, after like one minute, I'll know. <laughs> or
0: something no, no, no. But like I mean like, yeah,
1: if, if the voice might be okay, but I'm not oh, falling asleep. yeah, yeah. Or try if something if else, I know within yeah. like a minute right. or 30 seconds that yeah. the voice isn't going to work. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So it's, it's something I love, but also maybe hopefully will help someone else if they're having the yeah. same kind of troubles. Yeah.
1: What about you? So my loving thing is actually related to my learning. Um, when I went to PLA, um, I got to facilitate a workshop in person. That's right. And That's then just awesome. last week I did another one in person and I love, I love teaching and facilitating yeah. in groups and facilitating learning. So the workshop that I did uh, at PLA was a pre-conference, and it was about reimagining summer library programs with an um, an equity lens. Mm-hmm. And it was a three-hour workshop, which to some people they're like, "Oh my god, you taught for three hours!" Mm. Like that's I so bet much, it of, like gone
0: longer. Yeah. Oh, it totally
1: could have. We we bare, we had to cut so much to, to get it to fit. But to be able to like, you know, plan out the 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 design, the instructional mm-hmm. design for that, and then to plan the the activities and. And then actually see it come to fruition. I just love that so much. And part, like the specific love of all of this is that both workshops, I did an activity involving post-it notes, (laughs) which April knows, like I'm a little bit obsessed with post-it notes and I love them for, um, all my good friends are. Yes, of course. (laughs) But I, I I think that they're especially fabulous when you're having learning and, and reflection activities Mm -hmm. And so, you know, having people write some ideas on, uh, you know, a different idea per post, you know, putting them, the act of getting up and walking to the, mm-hmm. a wall and putting it up somewhere, being able to move them around and categorize or doing, it, it really like kind of changes the experience and makes it more salient. Mm-hmm. And it just, I just have not been able to replicate that right, correctly, mm-hmm. virtually. You know, we've yeah. done it, we, we've used all these different types of tools. Like Jamboard and Padlet, and I've uh, this new one that I, I like to call Jamboard on steroids, Miro, <laughs> oh. uh, which is really interesting and great if you can't be in the same space. But there's nothing quite like being in mm-hmm. person and having Post-it notes, and then be able to see this whole thing yeah. in um, in you know a big picture. And so for both of those workshops, I then gathered all the Post-it notes and I um, transcribed them mm-hmm. and put them into a, a summary document for the the learners and. And that's part of the experience too, and I just mm-hmm. I, I just love all of it and the feedback, the conversations, the the giant post it notes, like the big easel and the, the smelly <laughs> markers and all of it, and um, it kind of like put a boost of energy yeah. back into my my work.
0: I was really hoping that for you because I recently after I left MLS, I had a, a gig freelance yeah. um, facilitation. That actually Christy directed me to, so thanks, friend. You're welcome. Um, and I was nervous about it because it was in person, and I hadn't taught in person for a long time. And it wasn't even I wasn't nervous about COVID because we were all going to be wearing masks. I was just nervous about doing it in person yeah. after what seemed like so long. And then after it, and I got such wonderful feedback. Um, little pat on my back but like yeah. people, you know, it went well for all of us. I was so happy; they were happy. And as I was walking to my car, I felt high. Like, yeah. I felt that euphoria that I had missed for so long. And just, like, both of us, I knew that you were in a, sort of a similar spot career-wise. I mean, I think anyone who yeah. does that kind of work and had been stunted. Um, so, I when you were going to PLA, I just was so happy for you. Not just for the whole experience, but specifically the in-person learning, workshop, facilitation, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Because... It did so much for me mentally, like it really brought me back to life, yeah. you know, and doing something like that that I do love and I feel like I'm good at. And also plug, I am freelancing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's I think I'm just so happy to hear you say yeah, that. Because, it was great. You know, I think. Again, so many people need it, but I know you in particular. You needed that, and I bet a lot of my other former coworkers, yeah. coworkers do
1: too. So, and I had a bonus too, is that the workshop last week I got to do with our friend Lindsay, and um, we had an hour drive each way, mm-hmm. so we got to catch up oh, there, nice. and then you know yeah. did our, oh, our two hour that workshop, carpooling.
0: With yep. A yeah. Of yeah. Nice. So it
1: like it all. That was my love. It oh, really kind of invigorated me i
0: love that and i think that's a really nice note to leave on yeah. on our special podcast day <laughs> pod birthday yeah
1: thanks christy
0: and thank you all for listening yes
1: thank you so much please um review and rate our podcast please subscribe if you aren't already subscribed and then share with a friend uh you know because we are independent uh we rely on all of you to help share the love of this and if you if enjoyed this podcast or you enjoy listening to us talk please share it with your friends that's right and if you do get a chance to support us
0: that would be great um especially to help keep us ad free yeah because i hate ads and um but again no pressure
1: we just want that out there and ko-fi aka coffee Coffee. we're not quite sure
0: ko-fi but the idea is like you can buy your friend a coffee or whatever your creator
1: coffee we love coffee
0: So, um, but yeah, keep listening either way because we love you. And thanks so much. Happy reading. Happy reading. Bye. Thanks for listening to this podcast is overdue with Christy and April. Bye, everyone. Happy reading. Our podcast music was provided by thepodcasthost.com and Alidu, the podcast maker. Find your own free podcast music over at thepodcasthost.com slash free music.
1: Good evening, my name's Eric Bra and tonight we travel to the Arctic Circle aboard one of the most beautiful and remote railway journeys in all of Europe.
0: Also I think it's coffee?